Hey squad, welcome to another week of the Virtus Performance Podcast. Uh, before we get stuck into today's episode, I'd like to cheers you all for sticking with us for the last 60-something weeks. Um, it's pretty cool to keep seeing the downloads going up, uh, keep hearing feedback, uh, getting messages of support is awesome. Uh, getting suggestions for guests and topic ideas is equally awesome. So if you guys have something you want us to talk about, if you have a suggestion of a guest of someone who would be rad to listen to and learn off, um, if you yourself uh, want to give yourself some self-praise and throw your hat in the ring, then that would be spectacular. Uh, if you know someone or if you want to be on it, send us a message either through Virtus Podcast Instagram or shoot me an email to LachlanWallace at VirtusPerformance.com. Um, if you are enjoying these episodes, please give it a share. Uh, give it a send it to someone who you think might get something out of it. That would be spectacular. For today's episode, uh, my guest is the lovely Bianca Nelson. Uh, Bianca is someone who I've only met very recently, uh, but is someone who has made a big impact uh, straight away, and she has a massively inspiring and awesome story to tell, Um, is constantly looking to get the most out of this life and experience as many things as she can, so I'm not going to give too much away in this intro because uh, you've got a whole hour listening to her coming up Um, and because we've got a fair bit still to talk about, we're going to do a part two in a couple of weeks um, to kind of fill in some of the gaps we didn't get to cover today. So without further ado, here's Bianca. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Bianca? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Lucky. How uh, has your last couple of weeks been? Incredible. Fill me in. Fill us in. All right. Uh, my partner and I went on an adventure to Lord Howe Island, deliberately going when it was low season. Yep. Knowing that half the island would be away on holidays, so you're limited with your resources and your choices. Uh, and just wanted to actually explore the island itself for its authentic beauty and to be able to free dive and find as much life under the water as we could. So it was remarkable for the astounding creatures we discovered under yeah. the water. Yeah. What was, what was it like, I guess, being there in the off-season while it's, I guess, a bit more quiet? It shows you that technology can uh, support you and also hold you back with your own self-development. That's cool. Because there's no reception. Yeah. And the people who live there have reception, 
but you can't access it really? at all. So you're just left to your own mind. How about that? It's fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. My partner loved it. You wake every morning to all of these incredible birds and instantly you just have this sense of deep happiness and serenity within and then you go outside and you're surrounded by ocean but you also have mountains and it's gorgeous so that tranquility i think in modern life with technology constantly distracting you Mm. yeah it was something really beautiful to get back to was it did you find it like hard to switch off when you got there or was it just like obviously you went with the intention of connecting and experiencing did you have a good day or two where you were kind of like checking your phone or like looking for your phone or looking for no we decided to turn it off as soon as we left melbourne awesome then what we did find was as soon as we got to the island we found all of these like beautiful tiny little fluorescent green birds awesome and I went to my phone to look up what they were. <laughs> yeah. And instead I had to go to the library in where we were, like the accommodation where we were staying and had to open a book and touch pages which were old. <laughs> yeah. And Did you uh, find it? Yeah, I found how what they were. Take? Probably like 20 minutes. 20 minutes? Yeah. Cool. Because how do you find something yeah. when you don't know what the index <laughs> search yeah. for is green bird <laughs> yeah. you can't just google little green fluorescent bird on a world island that's, no. that's super cool and then we came across because we uh, hired some bikes and there was this beautiful bird with this golden chest and it's called the golden whistler and that's the song that you wake up to in the morning awesome. and to find that bird took us about 15 minutes and we both looked at each other saying, like, look at it, surrounded by all these, like, bird books. And, yeah, it was a different experience because you don't get it instantly. Yeah, so it was something that you had to kind of ease into. Yeah, we had to search for the information. Yeah. And it was actually quite nice Yeah. to have something that's not instantly available to you. Uh, but outside of that, we didn't think about it at all. Cool. Uh, and you actually have to connect with people through conversation conversation and uh communal experiences yeah and that was really nice as well so the the majority of the people that were there they residents they guys that live there yes yeah because they were a little surprised that we were there off season because they were like why why have you come when there's nothing to do (laughs) yeah what so what things and it doesn't need to be a thing or Mm. what activities or what experiences did you fill your time with we set ourselves to task to wake up with the dawn and to go to sleep with the stars awesome. so uh, every day we had a little plan and allowed it to be flexible so we hiked mount gower which is one of the largest mountains there and yeah. i hiked it well my partner and i stayed back with this 87 year old man And he had uh, hiked that mountain when you weren't really allowed to and when you could only access uh, the island via seaplane. Wow. And he did that on his honeymoon. His wife suffers extreme Parkinson's disease. So he went back to the island to take photos of the trek 
to take back to her to show her what the island's oh, like amazing. now. So that really reminded me that, I don't know, you know, you seize life and it is what you make it. Yeah. Uh, so that was one of the, I guess, the founding moments at the beginning of our trip. Like yeah. how deeply are we going to have our days here like are we really going to commit to this island or are we just going to like if we feel a bit tired we won't be bothered no that made us really want to explore everything and so we did and we just snorkeled nearly every single day even with waves you know crashing above our heads we just went deep and it was incredible like the turtles absolutely Mm -hmm. we made friends with the local people as well so they showed us i was hoping you'd say you made friends with the turtles oh i did make friends with the turtle (laughs) yeah i swam around with probably um the biggest greenback turtle i've ever seen and he was just so happy to have us there that's cool so to be invited into their quiet world is something i treasure but the local people showed us places or told us about places that um, other tourists yeah. don't go to because you have to actually earn your right to be there. You have to bush bash. Yeah. And that's what we did. They're the best kind of trips. They're the best. Yes. Oh, yeah. my goodness. The, I don't know, the beauty of that place and to know that you're slightly in danger the whole time as well because there's no yeah. emergency services. There's yeah. no quick rescue there's no, like, call someone on your phone. You're just all by yourself. So how efficient is your common sense? And how yeah. well can you look after yourself? It's something we don't have to do all that often, apart from walking out in front of a car and things like that. We're very sheltered Yes. at the moment. Yeah, we were really aware of, okay, we're in the middle of nowhere. No one knows us here. Yeah. No one knows where we are. We haven't told anyone our plans. Yeah. And you can just disappear. <laughs> that, that could be the start of like a serial killer documentary. <laughs> you can just disappear. <laughs> you can. <laughs> so, so how did you get off the island? Because it took you a little longer than you expected. Yes, because the runway is so small there and the planes are controlled by the wind. Yeah. The two days before our departure date, all the planes were uh, delayed and cancelled. And then our plane was delayed and cancelled. And then uh, we got to leave a couple of days later and they were only taking certain people. So they rationed everyone out. Yeah. And then we got our baggage uh, on Friday because they sent that later. And we weren't fussed at all, but there were some people who were really stressed and annoyed by it. Yeah. I guess it depends which way you look at it, right? For us, we were like, well, it's a gift and it's sort of part of what this place is about. Yeah. It's not that easy. <laughs> and yeah. it's not available to what your it's not plans convenient. are. No, it can yeah. be very, very inconvenient. Which is important to be able to deal with that. We saw someone who we had met them on the island and they were lovely, but they then had to go to work. Uh, they were delayed the two days and their stress just went through the roof. Yeah. And it wasn't, I suppose, their stress. It was the pressure of work saying you should be back and their obligation to their work. And even though they knew it was out of their control, even though the work knew it was out of their control... They were still still, stressing. They were still stressing. And for me personally, um, I just want to be able to hold myself in check with that. 
So when something is out of your control, you have to just hand yourself over to it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's an important uh, personality trait to be able to... And it's hard, right? Like, especially mm. in this, like, overstimulated world, world where it's super hard to be able to go, you know, I'm just going to take a breath, let myself be okay, and then deal with it the best I can. Yep, that's exactly right. All right. I- so when you're not fighting or not fighting when, when you're not waiting to get off lord how <laughs> lord how island mm-hmm. when you're not adventuring and exploring and connecting what gets you out of bed in the morning i'd say my thirst for existence Ooh, that's a good one yeah i Love. like existing elaborate uh i feel quite honored to have the option and flexibility to have a open heart and a strong and efficient body and to be able to see and embrace the elements of what nature is made up of and that's what gets me up awesome and then how man has made our modern day life that's just something you have to adapt to but i would never want to miss a sunrise or miss the magpies you know bringing the sun up because then the kookaburras come and sometimes it's the other way around (laughs) and I'm always surprised they never interfere with each other's song and that to me just brings me joy and grace like I'm quite happy and thankful to be alive so I try to then put myself to task not wasting my day awesome how do you how do you best make the most of your day by keeping my promises to myself because I think the worst promise to break is the one that you've given yourself. So to me, mine is to look after myself. So if it's saying no to someone, if someone's running late, that's not on me. And no, I'm not going to extend my time with you because that's not good for me. Mm. Uh, It's about holding myself accountable and self-preservation and you, in a way, have to train people how to treat you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You're going to have your bandwidth of what's acceptable. Yeah, and just respect for what I need to be a balanced person because I want consistency. I don't want up and down. I don't yeah. want to wake up one day so tired that I need a weekend to get over because what yeah. is a weekend? I think every day, in a way, should feel the same internally. Definitely. Because we made Monday to Sunday. (laughs) I I agree with that. Like one of the things that frustrates me most about society is the fact that people live for Friday. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No. It's mind-blowing. For me that is as well Mm. because I don't live my life that way. I'm grateful. Uh, And I hold myself to a high standard to make sure I'm living it. Definitely. Mm. Is, this, is it something that you've always been good at holding yourself to those high standards or is it something that you've worked on and grown and adapted to? I would say I've always had a thirst for life and adventure and I notice the beauty in the quiet moments which other people may not notice. So I always had that. But to go really deep, I would say it's after... I saw my mum die in 11 days yeah. and I saw that life and living is really easy but to pass 
and to give up seeing the things that you love the most, that you have an emotional attachment to, yeah. that's been your passion of why you exist, to say goodbye to that and it's something that's out of your control, that takes courage. Yeah. So after her passing, it made me have this internal, I suppose, passion to make sure that every moment that I'm existing, that I use it to, you know, the greatest capacity as I, that I can. Yeah. And that if I love and care for someone, I really let them know and go above and beyond for them because you just don't know. Definitely. And I think I learned what unconditional love is and unconditional love is how you treat yourself. That's It's obviously difficult having to go through that, but it's wonderful that you're able to take a massive learning curve from it and a big I life just, experience. Yeah, I felt so honoured because, yeah. yes, you're losing your mum and it happened so quickly and out of the blue. Yeah. But at the same time, you realize like have you absorbed everything they've said i've really been present really been listening have you really loved them do you have anything that you need to say and it's too late uh i'm lucky to say that i didn't because i had a very open and flexible relationship yeah and i use the word flexible because there's ups there's downs but there was never um negativity within that growth and I know I'm lucky for that. Yeah. But still, yeah, you really um, want to make sure that you're doing the very best you can to live uh, a life that you you have no regrets with. That's beautiful. Mm. I like that. I like that a lot. What? <clears throat> so how do you take those lessons and, I guess, share them or teach them to other people? I guess it, it changed the way I cared for my clients and how I coached them. Before, I was very much the, the EP or the trainer you could rely on to have your back, yep. to believe in you when no one else would, that if you feel vulnerable, you still have me to lean on. I realised I was robbing someone of having their own back of growing a sense of stability within themselves that if any, if everything feels like it's going downward, they can actually just rely on that other voice. Yeah. And you always have a voice that believes in you, mm. that you are your own architect and one. how solid your foundations are is how much work you put into those foundations. So in a way I felt that I had robbed people of that but at the same time, it's a, a nice learning for me and yeah. to have an interdependent relationship. 100%. Yeah, it can't be all on you, but at the same time, you need to be, or you can be there to guide and to assist and help. And Absolutely. And to know, like, I always had a mindset that I was their safety net. Yeah. Like, if you fall, you won't fall far because I'm here anyway. Yeah. And. Instead, now I'm like, build your safety net. What is your safety yep. net? If your safety net is uh, going out 
outside and going for a walk along the beach before dinner because that makes you feel better, then that's what you do when you're down. Yeah. And everyone goes down bunny holes. <laughs> you know, hire someone inside yourself and build a trampoline in those bunny holes and bounce back up. Like work your way out of it. Yeah. Because that's how you evolve and you stop repeating the same pattern. That's, that's a cool analogy. So would you say your, I guess, coaching philosophy is is all around individual empowerment and growth rather than you kind of leading the way? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's a, it's a process then of true transcendence, don't you think? Yeah, it's like my favourite word at the moment. Transcendence? Mm. Yeah. Like... To be able to know what you need in the moment and then be able to be your own resource for that and to build a library of tools you can implement to care for yourself, I think that's the greatest gift you can give yourself. And as a coach or trainer, to see someone empower themselves that way, you know that that person will never end up in the situation they found themselves in because, yeah, they're building a new highway and resources within themselves that offer flexibility because they have choice because they never feel shut down. Definitely. How do, how do people build that you know, toolbox of resources to, to go back to? I think forgiveness is probably the first... Uh, tool that you have to give yourself yeah. to actually forgive yourself for not knowing that you were in the predicament you were in before it yeah. got to uh, some kind of urgency or you got a medical scare or you got a life scare or you got an injury because in the moments that led up to that you thought you were doing the best you could or you were doing the best 100%. you could yeah I think everyone's for the most part doing the best they can yeah and then I think knowledge and not having a fixed opinion. Yeah. And being able to break knowledge apart and attach what works for you into your life and keep moving forward. And I feel that knowledge allows you to have a flexible mind and that leads to questions and then you might investigate things and then decide you don't like that anymore. And then from there, you have more questions. Then you discover more people. You discover more literature. You're, you're forever expanding. And you realise that you might have been holding yourself to these set of standards or these rules, but they go against your own moral integrity. Yeah. And that's why you weren't serving yourself. Yeah, that's really important. I think those those standards that you hold yourself to are always going to be fluid as well. Like if yeah. we get stuck in those, well, this is where I need to be, then then you're kind of you know banging head head against the wall. Yes. And Do you think as well that a lot of myself included sometimes we forget we're allowed to change our mind? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, and I think that's something that like I I'm proud. I think is a word that I've surrounded myself with people that stop me from thinking that way yeah because it's human nature to know like we don't know what we don't know right so it's mm-hmm. human nature to think that yep yeah, what i know now will be what i'm always going to know or 
the beliefs I have about this thing, okay, yeah, we've sorted it out. And I think if we understand that we never really know or and, and we never really figure it out, then it allows us to remove that ego and just mm. just be um, however we, we need to be. Yeah, because what is authentic? Authentic is made up of yeah. what <laughs> exactly? Yeah, well, I think, I don't know, for me, authentic is just doing what you think is the correct thing in that situation at that time. Because we, we can look back at times where maybe we weren't authentic or maybe we didn't do the right thing. And it wasn't because we were intentionally trying to do the right thing, to do the wrong thing. It was because we didn't know any better. Exactly right. And when we know better, we do better. Yes, I think so. And I We think, should. Yeah. Well, <laughs> also, I have... Um, I want to use the word discovered, but I don't think that's the appropriate word. I've been exposed to how stress shuts down your inner options towards yourself and puts on this tiny little record and puts it on repeat. So you can only think to a certain level and your options only maybe you've got 4% of um, a flexible mindset when you're stressed and it's always on repeat. It never offers you something new. And then you look outside yourself and then the person will hear you and then offer you understanding, but you don't go anywhere outside of that. And looking outside of yourself for any sort of answer to your stress sometimes isn't the best way. So being on the island, it showed us how you move out of survival mode when you're not stressed. Yeah. Yeah, you move out of uh, flight, fight or freeze response when you're not stressed. Yeah. And the creativity that flows through you is immense. Mm. Yeah, and it causes us just to want to, you know, eat, sleep and explore. I know, yes. Yeah. Yeah. An experience. And that connection as well to not push ourselves when we're tired like we stopped when we were tired yeah and we like went to bed early but we still saw the stars but we didn't miss a moment of the day Mm. and it wasn't distracted by an email or text messages or Or obligations that we don't really want to be doing yeah or any form of not saying social media is bad in any way but it's definitely bad in some ways i could take every picture in my mind and hold on to it yeah and it's connected to a memory i emoted to it and so it's deep within me and it wasn't a passing moment and i didn't share it with anyone only the person i was standing next to i love those moments yeah they're the best yeah is there one moment from that trip that sticks out yes and it sounds crazy maybe to someone who hasn't seen it, but we were in the ocean and it was so calm, there was no wind, and then all of a sudden the wind had picked up but we were under so we didn't notice. And we were near the surface and we saw all these waves crashing above us and all these tiny little bubbles going up to the surface and I just started to cry because it was beautiful. Yeah as the sun rays were coming through 
and separating all the bubbles and yeah you can't craft that you can't make that happen if we both hadn't have looked up we wouldn't have seen it there's something scary and exciting about being on the bottom of the ocean kind of looking (laughs) up and just embracing where you are and how small like you feel at that time and insignificant yeah i love that feeling of insignificant and scared too because there's lots of critters under yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a good scared, right? It's like that scared. Like it's a great exci- scared. Ex- scared and ex- excited, I think. Absolutely, and it's respect. Mm. Yeah, respect that, you know, I'm not in charge down here. Please don't eat me, I'm <laughs> not a seal. <laughs> exactly. What, so what, what got you into the freediving? Going to <clears throat> Tonga and swimming with the humpback whales. But also coming from a long-distance running um, athletic mindset and then getting injured and realising I can never put my body under that kind of strain again. Um, Where do I put all of... Where do I put all that work? Mm. Yeah. Where do I find that sense of quiet? It's got to go somewhere. And I'm a nomad. I like to put myself to task and hold myself um, responsible of how efficient I keep my body. You know, it's the one of the, the most proudest jobs I'll ever have is looking after myself. And how, how do I put myself into some kind of training element that still has stress, that I have to evolve, that I have to stay connected I have to trust myself to perform when yeah. the time's needed. And, yeah, that's that's how. Talk, talk me through, I guess, your experiences in that chapter as a runner mm-hmm. and then the injuries. Uh, so I was competitive but never to the point where I wanted to see someone fail beside me. It was more... We've all done exactly the same level of training to arrive at this moment. Yeah. Now, how badly do you want it? And I, I suppose I used to see every race as an opportunity to test myself. Of like, do you really want this? Because you know all these people here and someone has to win. Yeah. And you won't be liked or you will be liked <laughs> or, you know, you have all those emotions go through. But for me, it was me with myself like can I give myself the goal that I set which was to win and the training I was so strict and so harsh towards myself Uh, I never knew that I put so much pressure on my body through my mind yeah so uh Having Steve Monaghetti as my mentor and connecting with him. Shout out. This is the shout out, Belle. <laughs> shout out to Steve Monaghetti. Yeah. Um, he would say, as long as you're enjoying training, that's all that really matters. Don't worry about your times. So I understood that. That sounded really nice, those mm. sentences, as I read them. But then when I was out training, that's not what I told myself. Yeah. So getting up to 180 kilometres a week and making sure that I was hitting all the distances and then 
feeling fatigue, feeling heat, feeling pain, feeling fever. I just thought I was psyching myself out of something that I wanted so badly. Yeah. And I never, ever questioned that I was injured. Even though I woke up one morning and couldn't swing my right leg out of my bed. Really? Even though one day after a run, I knew that I had to stop because my leg stopped moving. Far out. I didn't want to stop. Like, and I pushed myself as hard as I could until I actually couldn't walk anymore. Yeah took me about two hours to like push the accelerator pedal in my car to drive home because I just couldn't get my leg to work. Then when I went to the doctor and got put in traction, I was in disbelief. Yeah. And they couldn't believe that I had such a severe injury and was still running. So after you go through all of the surgeries and the rehab and they let you know that your mind is the one thing that actually got you so injured. Mm. Yeah, it, it's an interesting lesson for one as to how powerful the mind is, but also how that power can not service and we can use that power. Absolutely. And, and also I was caring for people and I've never had anyone... Uh, become injured with any of the training I've done. I have shared with all my clients that magic is in recovery. Uh, I did not apply that to myself. Yourself, yeah. Uh, instead, I had the mindset like I have the willpower to go above and beyond and do more than someone else will because this is what I want. Mm. And to then like be two years on crutches to learn how to walk again. Well, this is, that's huge. I was so grateful that I had the use of my leg and it gave me full respect for what rehab actually is <laughs> because outside of rehabbing my body, I had to rehab my emotional connection to my physical ability. Yeah, it's a whole shift, a like, massive shift in mindset. Absolutely, yeah. and I lost my identity because everyone knew me as the runner. The runner, yeah. Yeah, that's like how running Barbie started, and mm. that it it was really difficult because I'm like, if I don't run, then I don't know what I am. Like, what am I? I've been a runner since I was four. Yeah, I don't know what to do with myself. How how did you, I guess, work through that shift in identity? I realized that. If I can't run, my coach, Tom Kelly, shout out, he's passed away now, but if any other runner is out there, they'll know he's the most, he was the most incredible humans to brace this earth. And he used to say to me, if you can't walk it, you can't run it. So he also set my cadence to Mozart's funeral march so I decided that I'd listen to that and that I would just start preparing myself for every run of my life which is to walk it and that was one of the reasons I walked all over the world that's pretty cool so I'm, I'm still in movement and I'm still a nomad but <laughs> I'm just walking it rather than running it yeah. but it was a, a death it was really difficult yeah 
it's it's hard when one season, one chapter or one season kind of comes to an end. Absolutely, and it took me quite a while to find allied health professionals who would not be lazy in my recovery. Yeah, because I was fortunate enough to have every single complication you could have. <laughs> oh, <that's on. laughs> Lucky me, yeah. yeah. And I was fortunate enough to learn that I had to trust other people to rehab me where I was usually rehabbing someone else. It's hard to take your own advice sometimes, isn't it? Really humbling. <clears throat> yes. Best best experience ever. I wouldn't go back in time and change it. <clears throat> And it's also always really cool when we can look back at those really hard times and have that point of view. I wouldn't change it because it was a learning and growth experience. Absolutely. And I, for me, I think that the, the gift was not to place my identity on anything. Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do or what you're currently focused on. That's not who you are. No. no. And that was really freeing. Yeah, I think it'd be if everyone could do that because that, that is basically just putting your ego aside, right? It's putting your ego on the hook and, right. and removing that from what you're doing to allow you to actually enjoy and do it. And then when that's done, it's okay, you move on. Yes. And you're okay with that. Yes, and I realized what it was that I loved about running. What was it? Being in nature. The freedom. Yeah, feeling the seasons, like yep. feeling them. Like having rain pelt on you, <laughs> having muddy runners, uh, running alongside the ocean, running alongside rivers, being faster than ducks, <laughs> um, like crunching leaves in autumn. I um, hope that's that's the uh, tag in your Instagram, faster <laughs> than a duck. <laughs> no, but it should be. <laughs> that's fantastic. But I used to love that. It was hypnotic to yeah. be, you know, when I'd run in the city and run along the Yarra and the ducks were going and you know that you're faster. I'm like, yeah, pick up your cadence, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's really cool. How did – so this is kind of a two-part two question. Mm-hmm. First part, and, like, this is kind of a big question, so you can go back as far back as you want. How did you get into coaching? Oh. I was extremely competitive haven't picked up on that at all. <laughs> and extremely enthusiastic and I didn't understand why people with talent weren't seizing opportunity that would be easy for them <laughs> yeah so I got into little athletics when I was still competing yeah um so there I got the taste of what it's like to see someone achieve something that means so much and I just loved that feeling. I was in the Navy cadets and I always got put in a role of managing or helping everyone get their get themselves organised or practice things that they weren't that uh, efficient or quick at. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that I liked it because I felt it was holding me back. <laughs> but then I realised that I never wanted to have a weak link. And if you can be patient 
and understand that everyone hears and experiences things differently and if I can be adaptable to help someone understand how they can bring the best out of themselves, my team will win. Yeah. And so that goes back to my competitiveness. And it wasn't about winning, it's just being the most efficient team. Do it once, do it properly and don't waste your time. Good. Yeah, and have it that you can repeat it. Yeah. Like you're that well organised yeah. that... It's well oiled machine. Well machine, oiled you machine. get the same result. Yes. Over and over again. And why wouldn't you want that when yeah. it's a positive one? Yeah. And then when I was 17, uh, my mum had three strokes. Oh, yeah. And her health professional, when she was learning how to walk and talk, asked me to help because I was able to see my mother as a human being and not my mother. Mm. So I was able to disassociate and empathise with her but still make her do all of the hard work. And to me it was just training. Yeah. (laughs) Like why won't you do it? Because the end result is you get speech back. Yeah. You can reverse your car you can go down an escalator like do what needs to be done to get the task done and move forward yeah and enjoy what you have to endure yeah so that's how i saw it and i only saw it that way um then i was mentored at school mentored through uni and i worked in a high-end medical day spa which was helping people through convalescence Uh, stroke heart dysfunction and there I decided that I wanted to just be with everyone not those who could afford care like that yeah and uh, if someone is shown the encyclopedia of opportunity and it just requires you to do the one percent often and you equal freedom from that freedom from your situation be it pain be it discomfort be it lack of movement and you have the willpower to set yourself you know into motion for that i'm going to be right behind you so that's why i moved into more general um space within gyms rather than going sports teams and things like that that's pretty cool did you I guess with your coaching and moving into that space, did you have a plan or did you just kind of let it happen as it happened? I did have a plan at the start and then I realised that that's really limiting. Yep. And I felt so honoured to be exposed to so many people who were willing to do what was required to be done. So in a way I felt that I found my unit found my tribe because I'm a seeker you know I'll go over that mountain and find the water and come back and you're still talking well (laughs) I already know where the water and food is so come with me or stay where you are and I like pushing the limits I'm not interested in staying average or living the same moment it's not interesting to me at all what's your biggest fear My biggest fear would be to not have the bravery inside to move out of something if it wasn't right. 
to get answer. What are you most excited for? Holding myself accountable to attaining the dreams that I want the most, which is a happy existence, not a happy life. Like existing in each moment like this. This is awesome. This is right. This is just so wonderful and it's such an honour. And I listen to people. I don't just hear you. And I don't want to miss a moment. So today is as good as tomorrow will be and it's what I put into it. Mm. And nothing just comes to you. Yeah. You set things in motion. We've got to, we've got to make things happen and we've got to we do. cultivate con- like the connection and, and the, I guess, action for things to happen. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. We, can, we just sit on our hands and, and wait for something that never ends up coming. I want a wall of my life to show all the countries I've been in, to see, to show all the people I've made connection with. And I don't just mean that in like I would know someone's name. I know their story. Mm. I've interacted with them more than once. Um, They have memories and moments in my life. I've put myself in situations that's pushing myself to the limits because that's what we're born to do. We're like human ninjas. <laughs> human ninjas. Yeah. Good. Do you think everyone has the capacity to be a human ninja? Absolutely. Like I'm, you know, you could use the word warrior, but I'm not interested in a fight. I want to have the flexibility of mind and spirit to like dance across rooftops <laughs> and bound from tree to tree and not be around even though I'm present. Like I can withdraw and then I can come back and you'll know that I'm here if I want you to know, you know, to allow other people to have their own moments. And for when important tasks are asked of me, I can perform them with efficiency and just move on. I don't like mess. <laughs> so it's very orderly, dot the I's, cross the T's, tick the boxes. And do it well and efficiently. Yeah. That's your go-to. It is. I'm like, do it once and do it properly. Yeah. Because then you can live. You have flexibility. Well, I guess that opens up your bandwidth to not have to deal with all the, the shit around the edges, for lack of a better term. Sometimes I wonder about, you know, how you can, you can either pay a bill on time <laughs> or you can... Let it go to your second reminder. You can let it go to your third reminder. And why you're doing that to yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's a, really, that's a really cool example. Because it's only harming you. Yeah. Yeah, you may as well just pay it and move on. Pay it Not and worry move on. About it. Yeah. Because it, it, we've got a finite amount of space in our, in our noggins. <laughs> and that, we do. And, and that bill that you're on your third reminder on... Um, it's sitting up there taking up space, right? Yeah, and you're right. And it's about is that a lack of respect to yourself or is that – what is that? I'm not sure <clears throat> because, I don't, like, it's not – the bill's not going away. No. Um, it's Nothing's going to change. You're, you're still at some point going to have to pay it. So maybe it's just – I don't know, it's probably – I'm sure there's some 
evolutionary reason for us to not pull the trigger on a lot of things? Well, if you need to... Might need that 120 beget. bucks or something else. Uh, I, I, yeah, true. Might but want to buy a new bottle of gin or something. something <laughs> you like might want to buy a new bottle of gin. <laughs> but I sort of equate that to if you need to have a healthier body, mm. why are you waiting? Because yeah. the price is just getting higher. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 100%. And... Well, any, cha- any change that we want to make, the longer you wait, the harder it gets. And it's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I come back to do it once, do it properly. Yeah. And the things that I can control that are within my power, I, I do so. How do you discern between what you can control and what you can't? If I've decided on something... I just set it into motion. The outcome is what I can't control. Mm. But the pursuit and the organisation and the forethought, pre-planning that goes into it, the efficiency and how far I've mind mapped it. So have I checked all my resources? Am I approaching it with... uh, the correct intention and then can I put it into motion and then can I let it go and I don't really mind what the outcome is it would be brilliant if you got what you wanted but you just never know yeah that that's how I that's how I measure that yeah I liked it a lot I wrote I wrote wrote a weekly email and today's was on if you focus on the outcome you'll become overwhelmed and if you focus on the process then what will be will be yeah I just love putting myself out there yeah, That's cool. just right out there, and oh well, like I might fall over and I might well, get dusty. Do you want to do a podcast? Yeah, sure. I've done a podcast before. Let's see what happens. And sorry that I sound like I'm three, but yeah, I, I just. I'm not sure how the audio will sound. I'm sure I can change it. So <laughs> no, you sound fine, mate. Um, so unfortunately, I've got a coach. I don't like pulling episodes short, but so we're going to do a part two at some point okay, over the next cool. month or so. Um, so I'm not going to ask you all the bunch of little questions I ask at the end of the podcast because okay. this is more of an intermission. But what? I have, you're making me wait. I have I'm one question patient. for you. Yes. If this was the last time you would ever see me, what's one piece of tangible advice you could give me? Back to yourself. Help me improve my life. Back myself. Good. I like it. And you did ask me uh, if a soundtrack was playing. Like, what would that be? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I really thought long and hard about that. And I would have to say, I don't want any of man-made music. I just want nature. That's a good answer. So if birds called me in, yeah, that's that's the soundtrack I want. I like it. And on that note, we'll we'll see you in a couple of weeks for the podcast. Sweet. Thank you. you.